Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas time. It's, uh, we had a great time on Thursday, uh, kind of just getting ready for the season here in the church, decorating, having a few hors d'oeuvres, and just, it was actually a lot of fun. I didn't do much, but everybody else did. Uh, we got the tree, we got the tree up and all the decorations around, and it was uh, really good to, to see. So we're here, we're starting. Uh, starting to look towards the Savior's birth. And what is my problem? It certainly can't be me. <laughs> Still there. Sorry, guys, you're going to have to deal with a little bit of static, I guess. I apologize for that. But with that said, we had some fun last week as well. Uh, we were able to go over to First Baptist and baptize a couple of um, the people here at the Journey Church. We, as you notice, we don't have a baptismal. But we have people desiring to be baptized, so we worked out a little fun time over at First Baptist, and we baptized a couple of people. And so with that said, Diana's here today. Diana, would you come up? I want to present you with a uh, certificate of baptism. Um, Diana was one joy to be part of that. Um, you know, Pastor Phil over at First Baptist, we know each other a little bit, and so yeah, I really believe that's what church is. You know, it's it's we're not competing. We're actually pointing people to the same Jesus, and it was just so much fun. Some of their people uh, hung around with us, and it was just a great time of fellowship and celebration. So um, Carla's not here today, but we'll get her her certificate as well. Um, so we're in the, a new series for the month. Um, it's Come and See. And you'll see as the series goes, series goes along that we're really just inviting people to come and see the birth of Jesus and what that means to all mankind. Um, Christmas today is about selling, uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus for Christians. Uh, unfortunately, it's not everybody's view. Uh, but we're going to celebrate for the month of December, and we're going to do our best to point everybody in that direction. But why is the birth of Jesus so significant? Um, for two main reasons I want to kind of bring out today. Uh, the first one being in 1 John uh, 3.8. This verse says this, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So if you're ever wondering why Jesus came to earth, why God's only Son come to earth, primarily he's here to destroy the works of the devil. Interesting, isn't it? Compared to what we may think Christmas is really about. The second thing I want to bring to our attention today is Isaiah 25. In Isaiah 25, we are told in verse 8 this thing. He will, meaning Jesus, will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has 
spoken. So we got two main reasons that we're going to focus on for this season, and that is to make sure that we are celebrating Jesus' reason for coming. That is to take away what the devil started. The devil was able to convince Adam and Eve to sin, and now sin reigns in the world. But then also he's, he come to remove the guilt and the shame of sin. That's why Jesus came. So we're going to proclaim for this whole month and look at some events that unfolded to getting to the actual birth of Jesus. So he invites all of us to come and see, and we're going to invite others to come and see as well. So let's pray together as we invite him into our service this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us. You didn't leave us the way we started. We started with the idea of not needing you, that we could do this on our own. But you have um, allowed us to see that that's not the way we should be. You loved us. You cared for us. You've made promises to us that you'll come and you will rescue us, that you will come and relieve us of our reproach. You will take all reproach away. Lord, we're so thankful to you. We're so grateful to you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, help us understand today just what this day really means. We thank you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So, um, it's time. It's pretty crazy to think about that God had been promising Israel, the, the nation of Israel, that they would be delivered. That there would be one day, and we read a couple of those scriptures today, that one day that sin would not reign in the world no longer. Uh, we haven't quite reached that day, but the process has been started. Uh, Jesus came, as we, we read uh, this morning, that Jesus came to take away what the devil started, bringing sin into the world, but he also came to take away our reproach. In other words, the guilt and the shame that comes with sin. Well... I think about the scriptures we're going to read. We're going to start in Luke 1. And this is going to talk about Zacharias and Elizabeth this morning. That's what we're going to kind of go over. But this is the time that it all begins, in a sense, on earth. Um, Zacharias and Elizabeth um, are going to really usher in, even though they may not truly have understood what was going on, the beginning of this process of doing just what God promised. So let's start, if we can, in Luke uh, chapter 1, starting in verse number 5. I'm going to read a little bit today. Please kind of track with me if you can, but we'll uh, kind of navigate through these verses today. Um, Luke 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division at Abijah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. 
But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was while he was serving as priest before God in the order and the division according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he was into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Interesting that we really get a little bit of a story of that we have a righteous family here in a period where things weren't so righteous. If you know anything about Herod the Great, uh, this guy knew how to work both sides of the coin. Uh, Herod was a, to some level, a a self-appointed king of Judea. Um, He actually took away the high priesthood in all essence. He did. He removed it from uh, the Jewish culture, and he replaced it with a king, and he made himself king. But he also knew how to balance the Roman authorities because uh, Judea was underneath the Roman authority at the time. So in, in, in essence, we would look at him today as a great politician. He was able to work both sides and keep peace between both sides to to some level. But it's interesting that God doesn't bring the news that he is about to bring of the Savior and the births that were to to precede this. He doesn't bring it to Herod. He brings it to Ananias and Elizabeth. And the text we just read there actually says that they were of rightful origin. They were from the family of Levi. So if you know anything about how you became a priest in those days, you had to be of the order of the priesthood of the family of Levi. And both of these qualified. So God begins to work. It's time to bring or make announcement into the world that the Savior is coming. God is fulfilling his promises that have been made so long ago. And the idea that uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth were righteous and um, they weren't um, sinless. Well, what they were doing was they were doing everything in their power to follow the law. And when they did sin, they followed the, or, the commandments to take care of that sin and offering of sacrifices and of these things. So what happens here is Ananias is given the, the privilege of walking into the temple as a priest. And his lot, it came onto his name, coincidentally came upon his name to come into the temple and offer uh, incense to the Lord. It's prayers to the Lord at the altar of incense. It's really interesting here, too, that when we talk about uh, Zacharias coming in, um, he was um, a good man. He was a good man in an evil time. Uh, how many times uh, do we see people that are in this life and in, in our communities? They're just, they're good people. Uh, they want to do what God wants them to do. They are trying to do the best they can. And this, I feel, was Zacharias. Also, um, it says that they were not with child. 
And in those days, and even that can trickle into today's culture as well, uh, when we are barren or we don't have children, it can be a little bit of a reproach. It can be a, uh, in sense, a embarrassment. This was a big thing in Jewish culture because to have a child meant you would pass your name on in the lineage would be continue on, especially Levi's lineage. Zacharias and Elizabeth being of that lineage, uh, they knew the promises of the Savior. They, he was a priest in his day, so he was well aware of the scriptures and all the promises of God. And the, uh, here the scripture says they were well in age, or they were up there, and uh, beyond childbearing years. But yet they had no, and they had no child. So Zacharias um, does something pretty crazy. Uh, he just trusts God and goes into the temple offering up the incense that he was required by his um, position. But then there's also people on the outside praying. And this was a, a common thing that when the priest would go in, and they called it the hour of prayer. So I'm not sure if it was just the time on the clock hour or if it was only supposed to last an hour. But the, the point being is that he went in and the people waited outside. So they remained outside praying. He's inside praying and then something crazy happens. Let's read in verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. Grace by God is what that name means, actually. Um, angel picked an awesome name, by the way. And, and you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the, wisdom, um, to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but the honor, thinking about Zacharias for a moment, the honor of being in the presence of the temple, representing the people on God's on behalf of the people uh, praying to God, and all of a sudden an angel appears in that space. The, the scriptures say that he was troubled. When you look at that word in the original language, the word trouble means to be like stirred up. Like you've been troubled before. Something, when something different happens, it stirs you up, right? It also says that um, not only being troubled, he was greatly afraid. Something was happening in this moment. I don't know about you, but it's not every day that an angel makes his appearance at my house. I don't know about your house, but at my house, that's not an everyday occurrence. In fact, it's never happened. 
So here we are, Zacharias, in praying to the Lord, and an angel comes. He's afraid, he's a troubled, he doesn't understand what's going on. But then the angel starts to say something to him. He says, um, do not be afraid, because I bring you good tidings. I bring you great news that your prayer has been heard. So as I was studying this week, it was interesting. I go, what prayer? Is it the prayer of deliverance that all of Israel was looking for? Or was this actually the prayer that I don't have a son and I would love to have a son? God, would you bless me with a son? Interesting, but how many different prayers were probably going up that day, right? We have the people outside. We have Zacharias in representing the people before God. And he's praying, and an angel comes down and says, your prayer has been heard. Your prayers are heard, people. God hears our prayers. May not come in our timing, right? May not be the exact way we want to hear them, but God hears our prayers. So he says, do not be afraid because you will get your son. You're going to get your son, and, and we, we, meaning God, he's the messenger, right? God says, name him John. And he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And when that, you hear that term in your Bible or read that term in your Bible, that means God's going to use this kid. And God does. God uses him to usher in the Lord. The promise that the Savior is coming is actually, try, is actually in motion. It's time for the Savior to come. And what an exciting time this must have been for Zacharias to hear this. He was afraid, he trembled, but at the same time this news came. He said he would be great in the sight of the Lord. He would separate himself for this purpose and this purpose only. If you know who we're talking about here, we're talking about John the Baptist is who this is. Uh, the announcement of his birth has just been made. He's going to be separated unto the Lord. Uh, it says that he won't uh, drink neither wine nor strong drink, and that's a, um, part of a Nazarite vow that is really a, a true dedication to the Lord, and God was going to use him. But he also says he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you think about pro-life, pro-choice situations, his conception, the Bible says, that he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just kind of navigate that through in your mind when we try to come up, where do we stand, pro-life, pro-choice, when it comes about a life in the side of a mother's womb. Here, this one we see John predicted to have the Holy Spirit while he is in the womb. He said he'll turn the hearts to, his, to the fathers, and he will also uh, take the uh, turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And we know by reading ahead in our Bible what John's plan was, what John's mission was, and that was to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says things like, uh, repent and uh, make way, the, the, make your path straight, make way the kingdom of God. And that was John's job. He was making a way into the Lord's um, appearance. 
It also says that he was sent to show um, Israel the evil of their ways, in other words, in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah, if you remember back in the Old Testament, that was his job. Elijah would come and tell people to repent and get, uh, get right with the Lord because Israel at the time of Elijah had gone far from the Lord. And this was God's people, and Elijah's job was to get them ready for the coming of the Lord as well. But now we see a present-day Elijah uh, in the appearance of John the Baptist. Let's read Malachi for a second. Malachi chapter 4. This is, by the way, Malachi is the very last book that was written in the Old Testament, and the canon was arranged in such a way that uh, this is pretty appropriate uh, news here in what he said. Starting verse 5, he says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Talking about God's judgment. So Elijah's coming before that. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So what the very last book of the Old Testament says is that Elijah will come and prepare the, uh, the hearts of people. He will make ready the way for the Lord. And that's what we see in John the Baptist. So let's look at how Zacharias responds to this appearing of the angel. Um, verse 18 of uh, Luke says this. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But, behold, you will be made mute and not able to speak until these days until uh, days these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time i'm not certain that i'd have responded much different than zacharias did to be honest with you uh, old in my age, waiting for the promises of God for years and years and years, wondering if they're ever going to come. And an angel shows up and says, guess what? You're going to have a son. The process is starting. Elijah, your son is going to be in the spirit of Elijah. This is who your son is going to be. And what's going on with Zacharias? He has doubts. He doesn't believe that this is possible. What's going on? He doesn't believe in God's power at this moment, and he doesn't remember God's promises. And when I say that I'm not much different than Zacharias, or maybe you wouldn't be either when this event was going on, but sometimes we can be that way. Uh, Christmas can go on year after year after year after year for us. We love to celebrate the, the birth of Jesus. And like um, Zacharias and Elizabeth, we, we're devout, we come to church, we do all these different things each and every week, um, but we have doubts. Is he really going to come? Is he really going to take away my reproach? Is sin really going to be dealt with? For this reason, Zacharias is made mute. He's made unable to speak. 
No words can come out of his mouth. Basically for nine months until these events take place. In other words, until your son is born, you're going to be mute. What's interesting, the people were troubled a little bit because he hadn't um, come out. It says, and the people waited in verse 21 for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he had beckoned to them and remained speechless. So Zacharias obviously comes out of the temple and he's making all kinds of hand signals, but nothing was coming out of his mouth. I can't help but think of myself, think of all of us in modern-day church. Have we forgotten those promises of God? Have we doubted? Have we got in the same kind of place that Zacharias was in? The angel muted um, Zacharias, but sometimes I think we can be that same way. Uh, we no longer speak about the excitement of Christmas and the way that it should be spoken about. We, we don't talk much about the promises of God to our friends and families and, and co-workers and all the people we encounter during the Christmas time. You know, we'll, we'll get excited about Christmas parties and decorating the church and all the other fun festivities, but we got to keep in mind, we need to be telling people about why he came. And why he, why he come here and to deliver us from the, the power of Satan to, to wipe away our reproach that comes with sin. It's interesting that Zacharias was muted, but I think sometimes as believers we can be muted as well. We self-mute in a way. And um, that when we doubt, by the way, that really comes, it's a lack of faith. We, we really don't believe that maybe Jesus did come for those reasons, maybe, maybe I got this wrong, maybe the Bible's not true, That's, that also is a work of the devil, right? He can put those things in our minds to get us to doubt what God has said. That's what he did from the beginning with Adam and Eve. He still does that today, by the way, for, to you and me. So sometimes we can doubt just like him. The people marveled, of course, but they didn't realize what was going on here. Zacharias was um, muted because of his disbelief for nine months. But what we see is the people thinking that, well, he must have saw this great vision. Well, they were half right. They didn't realize that he was muted for his disbelief. Let's go to verse 23 of Luke 1. It says, So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, this is Zacharias serving his week-long term as uh, offering up prayers in the temple, that he departed to his own house. So he goes back to his own home. And then it says, Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me, and catch this phrase, to take away my reproach among people. A little bit of prophecy there. A little bit of reality, current life. Elizabeth soon, she, she's pregnant, and she knows it, and she hides herself for five months and just giving glory to the Lord. But can you imagine the day that Elizabeth 
you know, what little I know about pregnancies, four or five months, you start to get the bump, right? And so, could you imagine what Elizabeth, Elizabeth did after those four or five months were over? I bet you she's parading up and down the village and she's just doing, look at me. Look at me. I'm going to have a child. God's taken away her reproach among people, but there's a bigger story here. This is the beginning of God taking away all of our reproach, all of our shame and our guilt because of sin. Pretty interesting to me how she responds to that. Um, her rejoicing is the kind of rejoicing that we should have. I always think about joy and rejoicing uh, differently. Joy is something that only God can bring. It's kind of like Christian joy when we talk about that is internal. And that's the joy that we can all walk in peace and love and, and faithfulness. But then there's a rejoicing, and I'm such a simple person, I think about rejoicing is joy again. Rejoicing. And that rejoicing comes out in our expression. It comes out in how our attitude is in rough times, good times, bad times, and everything in between. Rejoicing comes out, especially during this Christmas season, but all, all throughout the year, how we talk about our Lord and how we, we give him the glory for everything uh, that we do. So Elizabeth is doing this. She is giving, she is, <laughs> I have this vision of her in the town and just making sure everybody knows what God has done for her. While her husband sits back, and can say nothing because of his disbelief. It's interesting that we, we know going further in this thing that Zacharias does get his uh, voice back. But I wonder what he was thinking for nine months. I wonder what he was thinking for nine months. You know, God was trying to bring me good tidings of great joy. He was trying to tell me that I'm going to have a son, but also this is time that salvation is going to begin its process into the world. It's pretty hard for me to kind of navigate through that because I can be Zacharias. I have my days of being like Elizabeth, but I have many days being like Zacharias, just kind of coming to church, doing my duties, serving, doing all the right things. But at the same time, am I talking like I should be about my Lord, especially in this Christmas season? Nick mentioned that we're going to have, over the next few weeks, we're going to have some ways you can invite people in. And that's what come and see is really about. We're going to talk about our Savior. We're going to talk about how he has come to deliver us and everything in between over the next few weeks. So I hope you'll take advantage of those things. So as we kind of kind of close up what... Um, Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, were going through. Remember that God's promise to destroy what the enemy started is real. God has promised that salvation will come to his people and to the world, and we know that that came through the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. Came through his birth, but also his blood. God promised to remove the guilt and the shame that comes with sin. 
And he has done that through his death and his burial and his resurrection. Although Zacharias was a righteous man, like I mentioned, he, he was just like you and me, struggling in life, trying to remember, trying to um, be faithful in, the, uh, in, in carrying out his life in, the, in light of the promises of God. But he had doubt. He doubted God's power and his plan. And we have to be careful not to follow into those same things. Zacharias' little boy, think about this for a minute. Zacharias' little boy would get the honor to go into the wilderness and proclaim repentance and turn in, uh, turning to, of God's people to the Lord. Preparing the way, preparing the way for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you guys this uh, Christmas season to talk about what the Lord has done for you. I bet you when Zacharias finally got his voice, I bet you couldn't stop him from bragging about his little boy. From bragging about what his little boy was going to be doing. From telling the whole entire world that salvation is on its way. That Jesus was on his way. So I want to encourage you guys this season to talk about uh, what God has done for you. And also to say, even repeat the words that Elizabeth said that one day. said, take away my reproach among people because that's what Jesus has come to do. So one of the greatest ways to remember uh, or to remove doubt is to remember and so today we're going to take communion together. We're going to remember exactly what Jesus did. Yeah, we're just in the first announcement of in the, where we're at in the Bible. is isn't even where Jesus is quite yet born. But we're going to remember what he did. Um, Mark and I were standing back at the sound booth while we were singing with the band this morning. Mark leaned over and he says, Isn't it kind of ironic that we have the little manger scene under the cross? And that the baby is looking up at the cross. And the idea, that was why Jesus was born. Jesus was born to die. We, we are born and we die as a result of our sin. Jesus was born for our sin. And he would go to the cross and have his body broken and shed his blood uh, for you and for me. So today we're going to remember that event uh, as well this morning with communion. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come up and we'll take a cup, uh, two cups, one that's got the juice, one that's got the bread, um, representations of both here. Uh, but before I do that, I want to remind you of something that's pretty important. In 1 Corinthians 11, it gives us a little bit of a, a, little bit of a warning. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11 27 says this therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks his cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord this is a, a little warning for us as we get ready to take communion that there is a way we can take unworthily or in other words a way that we can do it incorrectly if this is just a religious thing for you uh, I would suggest that um, you don't take. It would be in an unworthy 
manner, meaning that really not acknowledging what really went on that day when Jesus' body was broken and when his blood was shed. But I would, I would suggest to you, if you've not been in that place yet where you have trusted the Lord as your Savior, you know, you've heard about him, and every Christmas we make a big deal about the birth of Jesus, and every Easter we talk about his death, burial, and resurrection. But if that has never become real for you, I would suggest that today you just take a moment and pray and ask Jesus to, to remove your sins. Tell him you want him to be your Savior, that he really is that for you and not just that you hear about him. And if you do, after that happens, then you can take in a worthy manner. You would be acknowledging what he has done on that cross on that day for the forgiveness of sin. So as we get up, the band's going to play here. I, I invite you to come up, grab your elements, return back to your seat, and we will take together the Lord's table, okay? So let's do that.
So, um, the scripture I'm going to read you today is out of um, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, this is where Paul is really trying to reinstitute uh, the Lord's Supper. In other words, the, on the night that Jesus died, he actually broke bread and, and drank uh, from the cup um, with his disciples in that room. Uh, he would later go on to do exactly what this says happened. Uh, his body would be broken and his blood would be shed for the remission of sin. So really what Paul's trying to do is just kind of get us in the, in the mode of remembering. Uh, even the scripture tells us that we, it's not how often you do it, it's just as often as you do, do this in remembrance of me, meaning Jesus, and that's what he says. So in uh, 1 Corinthians 11:23 it says, For as I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. So at this time, we'll take the representation of the Lord's broken body, and let's take that together. And next, let's take together the representation of his shed blood. So what I'm hoping, and what the Lord is hoping, is that you remember. Remember what it took uh, to rescue us from our, own, from our own sin. Christmas is an exciting time of the year, right? It is. It's really exciting. There's a lot of festivity. There's a lot of stuff going on. But may we be focused on telling people what the real reason for Christmas excitement is all about, okay? Verse 26 says, For as often as you eat um, as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So my hope and the Lord's hope is that we are proclaiming his death until he comes. He's coming again. You knew that, right? <laughs> I hope you did. So he's coming again. So thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks for celebrating the birth of John the Baptist, which is the coming of Jesus. The, it's the time that things are moving in history. And go out and tell your friends. Go out and tell the relatives. Go out and tell the world uh, why he came. Enjoy until next week.